FBI Special Agent Nathan Fordyce takes the witness stand, smiles at the judge, and then frowns at me. I step up to the lectern. Fordyce's eyes never move off of me. I am the lawyer who can speak black into white and night into day. Michael Gresham, consummate wordsmith. The other side of the equation is that Fordyce is the shooter you would want on your side in a firefight. His role is to send my client off to die with a needle in his skinny black arm. My role is to convince the jury that my client's confession was coerced and that my client's low IQ made it impossible for him to orchestrate the murder in the manner they claim. My heart goes out to this young client and his predicament. I can and will prove his diminished capacity during the course of the next several days while the jury listens and prepares to vote. Mr. Gresham, the judge says with a note of impatience, please proceed with your examination. It is the second time he has addressed me. This is a pretrial motion to suppress. The jury is not in the courtroom and that means the gloves come off. There is no requirement that I treat this witness compassionately, as with a jury watching. Trial begins in fifteen minutes. Judge Amberloss is drumming his fingers on the arm of his chair. A deep breath, for I am anxious and terribly frightened for the young man whose life is in my hands. I gather up my courage, and I begin. Agent Fordyce, I want you to start by discussing how you obtained James Lamb's confession. First, you have claimed it was freely and voluntarily given. However, your partner, Jim Burns, assaulted Mr. Lamb to make him confess. Isn't that true? No such thing. Mr. Lamb has promised me he was assaulted. Not true? Your client has a very vivid imagination, Counselor. It's imagination, is it? Imagine this with me, Mr. Fordyce. Imagine my client came away with four new gold teeth after you took him into custody. Imagine very cheap gold teeth, incidentally, cemented in his mouth by government dentists because your partner knocked the white ones out of his head with a police sap. Does that ring a bell with you? No bells, Counselor. Again, your client is very creative. I turn and look down at my client. Mr. Lamb, please smile for Mr. Fordyce. Lamb slowly looks up at me. Huh? Stand up and smile for the FBI. Then turn around and show Court TV what your new FBI-approved government smile looks like. Objection, cries the assistant U.S. attorney. What's the basis for your objection, asks Judge Amberloss. Prejudice. Overruled. Mr. Lamb, please show us all your smile. Lamb stands and does a slow 360, his lips curled away from his teeth. Is that what they call a grill, Mr. Fordyce? I am referring to my client's funky teeth. The FBI agent looks puzzled. A grill? Are you talking about the gold dentures the wrappers wear? I am. Isn't that the look my client has now? If you say so, Counselor. Thanks to you and your partner. Thanks to your client resisting arrest, Counselor. Please sit down, Mr. Lamb, says Judge Amber Loss to my client. Out of habit, I glance around the courtroom. I am wondering what the TV audience thought of that little display.
The courtroom is noisy as the court TV people pan their camera and whisper along the back wall. Behind me, a tripod crashes to the floor. We all turn to look. Judge Eberloss says nothing. We were shocked when he allowed the network's motion to bring a camera into the courtroom. That never happens in federal court. But neither does a trial over the killing of a judge's wife.